Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Ephesians 1, 1 through 3. I recognize that guy's voice. When you start a project, where do you start? Maybe it's uh, just cleaning out the garage, which I did a little bit yesterday. I did not complete it. I started it. It's kind of always a work in progress. But maybe it's um, maybe you're crafty and you like build stuff and like are good with your hands. I'm not really good with my hands. But w- when you're starting a project, when you're looking at what you want to get done, you have to think, well, where do I start? And part of your frame of reference is, what do I want to see? What, what, what needs to be accomplished here? How good is good enough? Or if I'm remaking my entire kitchen or something like that, you have to have a vision. You don't just start pulling up the floors and things like that. And so as we step back from any project, we think, okay, well, we have to decide what needs to be done, what's important. My name's Andrew Carpenter, and today we're going to consider how this ancient letter to the Ephesians gives us a framework for how we can build and continue to thrive as a church, as a community. But before we get into that, I'd like for you to pray with me. Jesus, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, and they'd be helpful to those who hear them, and that we would take action based on what you would have us to do. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, over the next period of time, we're going to explore this letter to the Ephesians. And it says, Paul, an apostle to the letter of the Ephesians, we're not positive that this was the original letter because it's been handed down to us for all these years. And so Ephesians are these people. They're in southern Turkey, what we would call Turkey today. And it's a pretty good-sized city at the time, about 100,000 people, if I can remember that correctly. But we're going to, so different time, different place than us, but we're going to read this scripture. We're going to look at it and explore it and study it as if it was written to us. And now I know it wasn't written to us. I get that. All right, it was written to some specific people in a specific time and place. But there's so many principles in here for this church that we can apply to our context, that any church who is doing what they can to follow after Jesus, they can take these principles and use them as building blocks and ways for us to be everything that God is calling us to be. There's one verse that I want to kind of emphasize today specifically for what we're trying to accomplish here, which is building a thriving community. He says in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You know what that says to me? It says that we have everything that we need right here. All of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Now, the people in Ephesus and 
Laodicea, maybe you've heard of that. That's, a, that's one of those other areas or Colossae, those different towns in, those, in that region. They understood the heavenly places to be something that was pretty close. You know, when we think of heaven right now, we think of, I don't know how you think of heaven necessarily, but a lot of people would think of heaven being a far off dis- distant place. And that was not true for them, and it's really not true for us. The heavenly realm is all about us. And so as we think about these spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms, it's not some distant thing. It's not something that's going to happen in the future. It's something that's happening right now. And so as we begin to embrace that and understand that better, we see that we have all the spiritual blessings that we need. And as I've been kind of thinking about this and preparing for this, you know, I've been in church ministry. I've been in vocational ministry for about 25 years, coming up in the fall. I know I don't look that old, but I, I am, um, and I feel that old. We helped my son move into an apartment this weekend, and I'm feeling very old after doing that. Um, but kind of in, in my career, I'll call it career, my vocation, I've seen lots of stuff, good stuff, bad stuff, stuff that I'm indifferent to. I've been through some of these transitions like we're going through right now, where that key speaker, presenter, communicator, preacher has moved on. I've been through that, not just here, but in other situations. And I, I know that the church in general can be very resilient. It can also be very toxic. Um, and we want to be the resilient kind here. And so as we look at this little verse that says we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, we need to take that to heart. We have everything we need right here in this room and the folks that are online that are a part of this community. We have all the gifts, the resources, all of it that we need to build a thriving community. We have, each one of you has a gift. Each one of you has a talent or a, a, a way to encourage someone else or to show somebody something that you're learning about not just what Jesus is doing in your life, but really maybe some life skill that somebody else doesn't have. And so as I think about my career and think about the things that I've done, I've been here at Koinos for about five years in a completely different role than being an interim pastor who's going to be preaching on a regular basis. But I've been a part of this community in a different way than I have going forward. And as we move forward into this next phase of what Koinos is going to be moving ahead, I'm looking forward to that because I've been through some of these things before, and I know some of the ins and outs of that, and I know that despite what I might think of myself or what you guys might think of me, what God thinks of all of us is that we've been spiritually blessed. We have all the resources we need. I've got a Master's of Divinity with Biblical Languages. Who knew? I've been in youth ministry and missions ministry and I've studied and read and done all the the things that I need to do to be a pastor. You might not have seen me up here on a regular basis, but the Holy Spirit works in me. And if you know Christ, the Holy Spirit works in you as well. And actually the Holy Spirit is always at work in anyone, whether we recognize that or acknowledge it or not.
So one thing I want us to think about as we're, we're looking at this is that God doesn't see our deficiencies when he sees us through the lens of Christ. I see my deficiencies. I'm not going to talk about anybody else's deficiencies, but God sees us through Jesus Christ, and he doesn't look at, well, you do this wrong, and you're proud, or you're way too hard on yourself, or you're sarcastic. He sees his son in each one of us. That's what this in Christ has to do with this, this letter, and we'll get to that in a minute. Now, if the recipients of this church, this, the recipients of this letter had everything they, need, they needed, then I know that we do too. They didn't have coffee back then, you guys. All right, we've got coffee, so we may be a step ahead. Um, yeah, you can clap for that, sure. <laughs> okay, I like coffee. Um, so their context was different than ours, but they had a lot of similarities, and they had a lot of things that are, are the same as ours. They were trying to raise their families. They were trying to, like, get their kids moved out of the house at some point, right? Or they were, they were living alone and trying to figure out what that might mean for them in their society. They had jobs and bosses, and they, needed, they, were, they had things that, like illnesses, and their food supply was sometimes in jeopardy. All of those things that were kind of common to us, just different problems, right? They didn't have, I don't have to go through all the stuff that they didn't have that we now have. You guys can put that stuff together for yourself. But they also knew, they, they learned how to pray. They could read, many of them, or they were read, uh, they, they were in a group where they would read letters like this to, to each other, and they would sing hymns. They would be a part of a community together. They taught one another. They, they raised each other's kids in a community and taught them how to learn and follow after God. We have all of those types of things here. But the, the main thing that was consistent from 2,000 years ago to now is that we have Jesus Christ. Jesus is a consistent factor. We're kind of flaky people, right? We kind of will leave here today and kind of forget most of what I said, and that's okay. I'm not proud. I'm not. A, I'm not a proud guy. So if you forget it, that's okay. It's on a podcast and YouTube. If you want to come back to it, there's going to be much better preachers in your lives than Andrew Carpenter, and I've made my peace with that. However. Jesus is a consistent factor. He's the faithful one. He's the one that's always there for you. And he's always there for me. And that was true for the people in Ephesus, and that's the truth for the people in Sinking Spring, Pennsylvania today. While that context changes, Jesus is consistent. And the message that he had is the one that's consistent. And the message in Ephesians, in this letter, is kind of a, around a big, uh, several themes, okay? We, we kind of go back, we, we, we take that step back and look at this project, look at this church that Jesus is trying to build, that, that Paul, the writer to the Ephesians, is trying to help, help nurture along in this context. Then he gives some, a broad view. And one of the reasons we're not sure it was written specifically to the Ephesians, but maybe written to them and several other churches in the area, is because he doesn't mention the writer doesn't mention a lot of people's names. If you look in a, one of the letters, to the, like to the Romans, for example, there's like 
the whole last chapter is a bunch of names of people, right? And so he wrote that because those people that got that letter would have known those people. For this one, it's really just about Jesus Christ and what Jesus is doing in our, in our lives and in our world, in their world and our world. But we take a step back and we see these broad themes. And part of what I want to encourage you guys to do, and some of you have already been doing this with me since January, Carmen and I, my wife, have been reading through, we read through the gospel, and then we read through some different passages of scripture. We'll take a whole book, and we'll just read it. We don't, we're not trying to do word studies. We're, there's no, if you can read, and you have the version Bible, even if you don't have the version Bible, you can use a, a paper Bible, that's okay. You can read along with us. Um, some people in this room have been doing that with us. And we just read it. We might comment on it. You don't have to comment on it if you don't want to. I don't get, I don't wax theological on it. I just say what God's, what I feel like God's telling me to do. We've been going through the book of James this last couple of weeks. And there's all kinds of practical stuff in there. And it kind of beats me up a little bit. You know, I'm kind of like, oh, well, I'm not doing this right. And then I start thinking, no, that's not, how the, that's not how this is supposed to work. I'm supposed to grow from that, but I'm not supposed to, yeah, get sad because I'm not the perfect person that I want to be. Anyways, um, but stepping back, we see these different themes. I got way off there. That's going to happen from time to time. Just bear with me, please. Um, there's this incomparable God, this big God, these different themes on here. Um, for the Ephesians, They had lots of little gods, and they had some big gods. The people that lived in that region, there was this god, Artemis. You may have heard of Artemis. And they had a temple to Artemis, and actually they had this whole industry wrapped up in worshiping Artemis. Um, We have a little bit of that kind of industry around Christian culture, too, which is that maybe something we could talk about a little bit later. But they had this concept of these gods like this, and gods for, you know, their crops, and gods for their markets, and gods for their family life, and all these little bitty gods. And so the theme throughout Ephesians is, no, the God we see in Jesus Christ is the God, the the big God, the incomparable God. And so that's one of the themes. That's one of the building blocks, one of the starting points for building this thriving community, is understanding that the God that we are worshiping and talking about and thinking about and sharing with others is this big incomparable God, not some other little nothing God. Sweet baby voice just then. Um, Talks about there's this theme of salvation, the means of salvation, and that's really a churchy word, and so we're not going to unpack that necessarily today, but we need saving not just from death, we need saving from ourselves. We need saving from our arrogance, our pride, our selfishness, our sense that, well, we don't, um, we don't worry about them. We're going to take care of ourselves. Or we're more concerned about them than we are about ourselves. We need saving from all of that. And so as we kind of explore this, this book, this letter, we'll get into that a little bit more. But that's definitely... One of the thematic kind of starting points. Facing our fears. You know, the people in Ephesus, for them, holy, um, 
demons and angels and mean gods and nice gods. All those things were kind of right in there. They, they kind of had that sense that they were right there. And these were intelligent people, but they didn't have ways of explaining stuff the way we have ex of explaining stuff nowadays. Um, so they, they were fearful of some things. We're also fearful for fear. Mm -hmm. We're our world. Mm -hmm. We are also fearful too. And as a result, we need to tap into to God's power. We need to find out what it is that we can do to alleviate those fears and face those fears. Not because we're strong, intelligent people, but because we're trusting in Christ Jesus. There's themes of unity and peace. And again, those will be some broad themes that we'll kind of come back to as we go through this. But peace is not just inner peace, which I think we all long for, but it's peace with God. It's peace with our friends and neighbors, our coworkers. And this word shalom from the Hebrew scripture, peace in our Greek scripture, our New Testament, is this sense of even peace with our environment, peace with creation. So it's not just me on my own, by myself, getting a moment of silence. It's all of us together being peacemakers, and, and not just peacemakers for the people right next to us, but the peace, kind of creating a peace within every space that we inhabit. And then there's the second half is of this book, this letter, is about relationships, family dynamics, how we, do, how we get along in the world is one of the other building blocks. So you got several different things to think about. So if you, we step back to the garage analogy. When I look into my garage, I've got a little garage, and I see lots of different things that might need to be taken care of, right? I don't have any real storage in there. I've got a rack up there for my shovels and rakes and stuff like that, but I don't really have a, for me, I don't really have a plan for how I want to make it awesome, because I don't spend a lot of time in there. I'm not a, obviously I said I'm not great with my hands, so it's not like I'm going to go out there and fix my car or um, like work on stuff necessarily, other than pulling the lawnmower out. But if I get into that space and I start cleaning it and trying to do something in that space, I might get kind of bogged down right? I'll go, I'll go over to one of this, the little corner over here and start fiddling through all the stuff that I'm trying to get rid of. And then the rest of the garage, just, I, I never get to the rest of it because I just focused in this one area. Or I go over here and it's like, well, maybe if I put some shelves up over here, I'll put some shelves up. And you know what happens is if, if we create a space that's empty, we tend to kind of fill that up, right? You throw all your stuff on there. And so it's like, mm, maybe I don't want to do that after all. So you have to step back from that garage. You have to step back from that project and go, okay, what really is the most important thing that I want to see that I want to see done here? And so I've given you some some themes, you know, and maybe it is for you. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's you're you're trying to figure out some relationship dynamics that you're you're dealing with. Or maybe it's just not having God as a as the big God that we know him to, to be. And then there's one final overarching theme from this whole from this whole book, and we know I know it's an overarching theme because the writer mentions it like thirty plus times in this six chapters, and it's in Christ. 
And I kind of alluded this, alluded this earlier in that verse 3. He mentions all these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, in the heavenly places are in Christ, or in Christ. Those are found. So that's going to be one that we, we unpacked because we can do all of these things. We can be peaceful people, you know, and try to make peace where we're at. We can understand that God is a really big God, and that's good. That's important. Um, it's also important to work on our relationships. But if we do all of those things aside from a relationship with Christ and being rooted in Jesus, then none of that stuff is going to be fruitful for helping our congregation, for helping your friends really grow and thrive and be everything that God is calling them to be and wants us to be. So it's mentioned there 30, 30 different times. For us, we've got a lot of work to do. You know, we're not going to clean out the garage. We have a garage here. Uh, we're not going to do that today. Don't worry about that. It's okay. But we have some things that, that we can do, that we can focus on, that will help us flourish, that will help us be the type of community that God is calling us to be. You know, God has done some amazing things in my five years here and the 10 plus 11 years before I got here. And God's not done working in and through Koinos Community Church. He, he loves us. He loves you. And he desires for you to close that gap between who you are right now and who he's calling you to be, who he's longing for you to be. Each one of us is a work in progress. If you're done, um, this is probably not the place for you. If God's done with you, if you're not working at it anymore, if he's not working on you anymore, we probably ought to talk offline on that. But we're all works in progress. And each one of us, depending on what, what the work is, may be about 10% ahead of somebody else or may know a little bit more or has a little bit more compassion or knows how to navigate their life a little bit differently. Each one of us is that for somebody else. And because of that, we can grow and move and, and go beyond what we are right now. So the questions we have for you to do for today are two. It's, it's where might you need to start is the first one. And I'm going to ask Laura and Todd to come back up here. And we're going to take a minute to reflect on these. Where might you need to start? You know, after we're done here, we're going to have coffee out on the parking lot um, and have, have a conversation. But there's other ways to get engaged around here. And some of us need to get kind of re-engaged because it's been, we've been in a pandemic and it's been kind of a fearful time for many of us. So getting re-engaged may mean being a part of the, the, the reading group or being a part of the prayer on Tuesday mornings and at noon on Tuesdays. And just showing up for that, again, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to turn your video on. Just be a part of the community in that way. And we got some fun stuff that's happening, too, that you can engage with and just kind of come in and have a casual time and get to know some people just or get, re, get to re-know some people. But where might you need to start? Where is your little starting point? And the next thing is, as we step back, what is it that you think that God might be saying to you that we, might, that we need to build together? If we look at ourselves, the blessings 
that we've been given, what is it that God would have us do as we move forward? I'm going to have Daryl put those slides up there and just kind of sit and think for just a minute, and then I'll pray, and these guys will lead us in a closing song. Jesus, help us to know, what it, know where it is that we need to start today. Pray that you would just continue to work in our lives. I pray for this church, this community, that we would be just whatever you would, would want us to be. And that we would see a vision for Just being um, Christ-like people, people that live like Jesus, and others notice it. Just give us a heart for that. Amen.